Ever hear of the strategy of tension? Well, you're living it. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, covering the news of the week from a libertarian perspective. But we have breaking news today that uh, I think we should lead with. This week, the big story was is North Korea, a lot of tension in North Korea. And I do want to talk about that. I have a obviously a different perspective if you've ever heard the show before you know i'm going to tell you stuff uh that you're not hearing during the week on the uh glowing box in your living room that's generating that cable news propaganda but today in charlottesville there was a protest uh this is the official story as far as we're hearing about it Unite the Right uh, is a group that was protesting the removal of a statue of Robert E. Lee. So I I never heard of this group before, and I don't know what their history is, but the way they're being portrayed, it's basically a a patchwork of, let's just say, for shorthand, white supremacists or white supremacists. Maybe it's alt-right, like however you want to, depending on which side of the spectrum you are, that's how you see this. So these, uh, there were these protests against removing the statue, from what I understand, and then counter-protests. That erupted in clashes. I, I think the latest was that a car ran into some of these protesters. And... The governor declared a state of emergency, I, I, uh, and he... And according to the organizer of this event, Jason Kessler, they called it an unlawful assembly even before the event could start, despite the fact that they had a legal permit to be there. So already we have this conflict about um, the law. And to me, that's this this kind of clash has been happening a lot. I consider them these clashes that we're seeing to be. in some cases, orchestrated, and some cases, they just trigger people. They lead people to the, the trough. A year ago or, or more, April 2016, there was a uh, some kind of assembly like this in Stone Mountain. And I remember I had a little more time, and I investigated the guy who organized that, and he seemed like a downright government operative to me. I mean, that, and even people who were close to those kind of uh, movements, like genuine kind of... Um, white supremacist movement said this guy seemed not quite right not genuine the guy who's organizing jason kessler who uh, i believe was credited with organizing the unite the right rally in charlottesville he's i don't he doesn't strike me as a government operative but his if you go far enough back on his twitter feed and all that you find that he's an author and he's a, he he's a writer and he wants pr so obviously it's not like he's coming out of the woods, you know, with no shoes on and a rope around his waist and just had to defend the statue of Robert E. Lee. This guy obviously is in it for the media coverage. And, uh, and, and the counter movements are similar. So we, so you have the right and the left at odds. And this is a classic or 
maybe not classic, but I think it emerged originally at the end of World War II when people in Europe were leaning communist. There was a, a kind of, uh, even in democratic places, people wanted were considering communism. Communism was actually winning at the ballot boxes in some places. And uh, one thing that the Allies did, I think, it was called Leave Behind Operation. It morphed into this operation where there was actually terror attacks, false flag terror attacks committed, uh, it, not by the communists, but they were pinned on the communists to get people to think that it was a violent movement and to not vote for them. And that was labeled a strategy of tension. And that that has morphed over the years into what I see now in, in all this divisiveness and and. On the left, there's an organization right now called Indivisible, which leads a lot of these protests. And that, they call it Indivisible. They talk about unity. But for me, it's the opposite. It's kind of a newspeak thing. Divisiveness is the word of the day. And the point of it, there is political power in it. It does support the left-right two-party psychological operation that keeps us all committed to this democratic system, keeps us all voting for the lesser of two evils, that this polarization does play into that. But one thing that they, but the strategy of tension itself as its own entity, no matter what, whether it's left or right or black or blue or um, anything like that, is it creates the need the desire, the perception for the need of a uh, stronger government of and this is uh, it's a it's a gateway to totalitarianism is this kind of thing. And what it does little by little is it creates a need or perceived need for more policing, for more military style policing, for um pre-crime, for monitoring, for surveillance, for listening to your conversations. And specifically, in my observation, what that all requires is is a neutralizing of the Bill of Rights. Uh, amendment by amendment has been in the crosshair. And uh, crosshairs. And, uh, and last year, I, I identified towards the end of last year that the amendment that would be in the crosshairs in 2017 would be the First Amendment. And the First Amendment, I always like to read these passages from the Constitution because you don't always know them. It's, uh, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So when you see political assemblies like this, especially ones that uh, are extreme and distasteful and go violent, it's very easy to start down that path and say, well, this was not envisioned in the, uh, in the civilized society that the founders are talking about. Now, you could go back into the history books and find that it was not, uh, there was a lot of rough and tumble stuff going on back then, but... Uh, it, it, it seems to be addressing the realm of normal discourse. So when you start going outside that realm, that's when people start thinking, oh, well, maybe that's not absolute. Maybe we need some some limitations. So this idea of calling it unlawful assembly, is that even really a thing in this country? I mean, granted, the First Amendment talks about Congress, but I think we've been, I guess the 14th Amendment kind of brings that stuff all to the local level you can't abridge these rights even by smaller governments but this 
So, so you see, um, I see this tension as a way to get us on left and right both to open our minds to an erosion of the First Amendment specifically. So I'm happy to talk about this um, or North Korea. I'm absolutely happy. I think there are elements of the strategy of tension. The, the purpose of war or fear of war a lot of times is similar, is to get a more totalitarian government to allow the government to have more power by keeping the people in fear. So tell me what you think, and I'm going to read some tweets. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet, uh, tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Binkley, you are uh, my producer here in studio. And I don't know, do we have any tweets relevant to the Charlottesville events? I did tweet a little bit earlier, so what, what do we got there? I think so. AJ tweets that controlled opposition always gets massive bad publicity. I hope people see now the alt-right is controlled opposition. Oh, yes. I saw that, and I didn't fully understand what he was saying. Now I do. What he's saying is... Uh, Len, this quote is attributed to Lenin. I'm not sure if that's uh, for sure, if he really said it. I think he did. That um, the best way to control the opposition is to lead it ourselves, something like that. So if, to me, the opposition used to be the liberty movement, and that was a dedication to the Bill of Rights, and that was something that all Americans could rally around and always had the moral high ground. I feel like what's happened on the right over the past year or two, it's been bubbling up for a while, has been this reversion to a kind of nationalist, populist thing. Um, that in itself smacks of controlled opposition to me, and it neutralizes the right. So the right can crush the liberty movement itself and replace it with this thing, and then then they no longer have the moral high ground, and uh, and they make legitimate concerns, legitimate pushback on um, the injustices of political correctness and uh, and all that stuff as seeming fringy. And it does neutralize their effectiveness. I think that's pretty clear. So let's get some calls. Um, let me take a quick break, break first. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I want to know... Uh, you know, this is breaking news. So you tell me what you think about it. Um, if you if you think there are, are longer term implications, what you think about that and uh, kind of open mic on this. Um, this is Monica Perez. I'm Judd Hickenbotham. Join us Monday for Atlanta's Morning News with Scott Slade. We'll bring you any overnight developments from North Korea, plus weather and traffic every six minutes on WSB. This is Monica Perez. We're back. It is 84 with scattered clouds outside the studio. I guess my take on Charlottesville really got some people riled up. I just see this as a as a bigger picture. There's stuff going on behind the scenes. But if you think what you see is what you get, give me a call. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. I am going to go to Dave and Tucker. Hi, Dave. You're on with Monica. Hi. Don't have a lot of time, though, Dave. So... Um, give it to me quick. Okay. Um, Did I lose you, I Dave? There's always pressure from the government uh, to... Uh, uh, all right. Uh, Alan, I can't hear Dave. I'm going to keep moving. So, thanks, Dave. Hang on, Dave. I'll get you. I'm going to Charles in College Park. Can I hear you, Charles? Yes. Hi, Monica. I no, appreciate I can't. Yeah, hello, right. Monica. Okay, so we will go to... Um, 
We'll take some breath. <laughs> I'll tell you what I think. I have a little problem here in the call. So what I was saying at the beginning, and let's get this conversation started. Um, you can tweet at me at Monica Perez show is that I, I look at these protests, especially when they're extreme. And I think that they're, that they are being manipulated, whether on purpose or not, by the powers that be to, to get something accomplished in the political environment, the kind of Rahm Emanuel crisis, uh, never let a good crisis go to waste. I think they've taken it to a new level where they actually create crises for that purpose. So I think that's, I personally think that's what's going on, but I know a lot of you, so call if you, if you want to express that, a lot of you think that it's what you see is what you get. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. This is Monica Perez. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB, Saturdays from 3 to 6. And uh, we are talking about this breaking news about what happened in Charlottesville. There was a uh, protest, a, a rally around uh, by a Unite the Right it's called, um, and it was around the removal of a statue of Robert E. Lee. So this is stuff that's been bubbling up. We've talked about it a lot, the Confederate flag. Um, I think there's a lot to this. I think there is a bigger picture policy um, goals at play here. I think flipping the South is something, you know, like Ossoff wanted to flip the sixth and turn uh, a, a Republican district Democrat. I think the entire South is in the crosshairs and the way they're getting to it and the way they're aiming at it is by making it seem that any, so we just listened to Trump and he said, we need to respect our history. And I, I feel like the exact opposite is what's at play here. That, that the history of the South and, uh, the state's rights and kind of um, detachment from the federal government that the Civil War means to some people is a dangerous political idea in this time of like centralizing everything up to the top. But if they can portray, if the left can portray that history as being strictly racist and have no political implications at all, they can eradicate it. And I think that's what it's about. So that's a big idea. I know people have understood or misunderstood some of the things I've said. I, I can't be sure. So you have to call me and help me tease this stuff out. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You could tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. And I'm just curious if you think, you know, what you think it's all about is what you see, what you get. What are these people, uh, what are they doing? You know, um, are they being manipulated, being used, or is this a genuine grassroots uh, predictable reaction to the left going too far? I'm going to go to Ron and Canton. Hi, Ron. Thank you for holding. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Well, when I first started following what was going on up in Charlottesville, it was through the BBC. And when the left started to, cr to clash, with whatever splinter group of the right they're representing there that was protesting the removal of the statue, the police stood by and let it happen. This thing was meant to turn into a mess from the very beginning. Okay, Ron, hey, hey, I want to go through this with you. That's That has happened before. That happened 
several times before, but specifically in Baltimore, they went out of their way to make sure the thing got big. And I would like to ask you, when did you start watching it on the BBC? When did you start getting this news story? Probably about as soon as it started, about two hours ago. I, I, when I got up this morning, I saw an article about it on the front page of WSB Radio. I'm sure it came from, like, Associated Press or whatever. And there was nothing about violence or state of emergency or any of that about it being an unlawful assembly. And I thought, this is kind of funny because there's stuff going on here in Atlanta that I want to talk to y'all about. Well, the thing about and, Charlottesville... Yes. Yeah, I've lived in the South all my life. I'm 66. If the left wouldn't have showed up at all, those guys would have walked around for a while, got hot and tired, and gone home, and that statue would have been gone. Yeah. There was no need for any of it. But I agree with you that the press was meant to, it was meant to get a lot of press coverage, and I think the press itself signaled that to us by telling us about the protest before it got weird. You know what I'm saying? They cover it. Yeah, like, you're right. It, it, how, did, how did they know it was going to be national news before it got weird? Well, this day... International I news. I, I don't know. I just know the whole thing is unnecessary. And for that kind of uh, mediocre protest thing... To draw that much attention is ridiculous. Yeah, I think there's a bigger picture. Yeah, there's a bigger picture at work here, and I think um, we've been seeing it unfold. It will continue to unfold. I'm going to Dave and Tucker. Hi, Dave. You're on with Monica. Hi. I think it's highly ironic that the protest is over a statue of Robert E. Lee for those of us who are familiar with what uh, Robert E. Lee did after the war. Uh, he was actually a, a force for uh, unification, and uh, you know, I won't go into all the details, but I advise people to you know, pick up a biography of Robert E. Lee and, and see that he was actually a remarkable, positive influence overall. And remember, he was offered command of the Union troops before he took command of the Confederate troops. And why did he make that decision? I remember there was a pivotal... It wasn't just strictly loyalty and origin, right? It was... Well, remember back then there was extremely limited government, and there was a lot more, uh, I should say, provincialism, uh, state loyalty. People didn't travel much. The mail right. was so the state came okay, first. Was not great. Right. Um, that would be a lot of it. Um, so, uh, and after the well, war, he was part of. Uh, yeah, you know, that is interesting, Dave, churches. because it it points out that. In his mind, you know, I think that what we're getting at here is that for him, it, at that time, state came before the country. The state was your country. They were sovereign states. And and that the Civil War changed that. Somebody pointed out to me once that before the Civil War, it, they used to say the United States are. After the Civil War, they said the United States is. And now they say the United States were. <laughs> but But the point is that they... That was a time when, you know, the thing that changed was this idea of, um, you know, the, the government, the unity, the union was more important than the individual. I mean, that was something that that could be. And I think many people think it is the real turning point for this country. Now, I would say the actual moment, the tipping point, point of no return was really World War One, maybe Hoover, 
Harding and Coolidge, I think, tried to bring it back. But uh, but I, I feel like the history of it that they're trying to eradicate isn't the history of slavery. It's the history of states' rights. Um, but I but I but I also think that what's at play here is the strategy of tension, which will or both sides will look at the federal government to help them out of this. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. 89, the high today. 72, the low overnight. Uh, we're talking about what's happening in Charlottesville. I'm going to Joseph in Hushton. Hey, Joseph, you're on with Monica. Hey, sweetheart. How you doing? Good. How are you? All right. Well, you know, I can't say excuse me because I don't excuse myself for being a Southerner, but, you know, for sweetheart, uh, you're a darling, I tell you. Oh, um, when you. it comes to uh, Lee and Jefferson, actually, uh, you know, Stonewall, um, you know, that was a crisis moment in that period of time that almost broke their spirits uh, because, you know, states were very, very um, attuned to, you know, the, the person that lived there, okay, and um, Lee, um, his, his, you know, he belonged to Virginia, and uh, and it broke his heart. He didn't want to go and fight a bloody battle. Yeah, he I thought not. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he did. You know, and, and same with uh, Stonewall. You know, neither one of them wanted to have any part of that part of history, but they were thrust into it. And I'm a member of Sons Confederate Veterans, and um, I was inducted by a, a black guy. What okay? year? What year did you join that organization? Um, it was shoot, what was it? It was 1996. I think it changed. I'm running out of time. I hate this, but I think it changed where it was uh, preserving history, and then there was kind of a changing of the guard, and they started promoting putting the flags up, and I feel like that promoted this. You know, was a setup a little bit. Yeah, not at name. all. Not, not, no. No, 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 not at all. Okay. Um, it, 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 it's an historical society, and um, there is no sharpening of knives. There is no there is no N words allowed. And, and anybody who does that, they are cast out. Well, that. Uh... Sorry, I have to go to a break, Joseph. I'm actually going to switch gears after the break and talk about North Korea. You ready for war? Is that you? What? What's the answer here? What's the problem and what's the solution? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show.